Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series on the book of Matthew with this sermon entitled, Jesus Came to Make Us Rich, Part 2, preached on August 24, 1997. Treasures in Heaven, Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All people are rich, I said last week. Either one's riches are upon the earth or they are in heaven. Jesus warns us in this passage not to lay up for ourselves treasures upon the earth. He has reasons for so commanding his people because such treasures only make one lonely bored dissatisfied and at our death we must leave them and suffer loss I was reading a newsletter for retiring people and there was an article that spoke about giving away your monies. Yes, we have to give it away. Treasures upon the earth are always subject to destruction of moth and rust. Treasures upon the earth are subject to theft by thieves who break in and steal. Treasures Upon the earth profit nothing in the end. How foolish are those who call themselves Christians. Who have lately discovered the false notion of unlimited wealth and health gospel. But Jesus came to make us rich toward God. For Paul says he for our sakes became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich. We are rich in grace. We are blessed in Christ. The Bible says with every spiritual blessing in heaven. First of all, let's look at what worldliness is and what a worldly man is like Jesus here warns us against the corrosive effects of worldliness worldliness is one's trust and hope in one's possessions one's trust and hope in the life in this temporal world the worldly man is like Lord's wife he is going back to burning Sodom. 
he is like Gehazi running after Naaman for garments and silver and in turn is cursed by leprosy the worldly man is like Demas who abandons the riches of the gospel for the sake of money he is like Judas who sold Jesus to enrich himself but he lost all and he hanged himself he is like the Gadarenes who prayed to Jesus to leave them alone to raise pigs without the distraction of the gospel that would save their souls the man of worldliness is blind to eternal reality his eyes are full of cataracts his mind is blinded by satan he is incapable of correct reasoning correct thinking he lives by lust and therefore loves darkness and not light temporal life he loves and not eternal life he neglects god and he worships man the worldly man thinks he is master of his possessions but he is deceived his possessions master him he is but a slave slave to lusts slave to possessions that is the worldly man but let me tell you the most wretched the most pitiable the most miserable is that worldly man who thinks he is godly because he goes to church who can describe his utter hopelessness and terror on that day when the master tells him depart from me you worker of iniquity that i never knew you secondly let's look at the godly man and godliness man is created to be godly to be like god and enjoy fellowship with god it is sin that causes people to worship and serve possessions of this world to worship and serve creation rather than creator our blessed god a worldly man is like a child greedily eating gravel how can a worldly man be truly godly impossible unless god in christ opens his eyes to see the glory of god on the face of jesus christ jesus said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of god to enter life to obtain salvation but he also said all things are possible with god the miracle of regeneration loosens our hearts grip on the treasures of the earth it alone loosens our grip on gravel and enables us to repent and believe in god so jesus said you must be born again born again of the holy spirit 
If you want to be a godly person, if you want to be delivered from your slavery to the perishing things of this world, let that miracle happen even now. It happened to Moses. So he trusted in God and his promises rather than the riches of Egypt. And let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 11 beginning with verse 24. By faith Moses when he had grown up refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded, he counted, he estimated disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. In other words, God gave him regeneration. God gave him insight into ultimate reality. And therefore, he eagerly and easily refused honor, power, position, and wealth of Egypt. He chose persecution instead of pleasures of sin. He regarded, we are told, disgrace, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he saw by faith the invisible God. The miracle of regeneration he experienced. And the scripture tells us he looked forward to his heavenly reward. And this is true of every truly born again person. They all pass through this world. Looking forward to that city. With foundation whose builder and maker is God. They refuse to put their trust in this temporal and perishing world. Look at Job. The Bible says he was very rich. The Bible calls him the greatest man among all the people of the East. But he was not a worldly man. He experienced regeneration. He became godly. He was delivered from the lust of things, from slavery to possessions. In God's providence, disaster one after another came. He lost all his possessions. All his children were killed. And the Bible says Satan afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. His own wife counseled him to abandon his faith in God. She said curse God and die. He refused. And he confessed Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Godly man trusts in God. Godly man hopes in God. Godly man treats the treasures of this world with blessed 
detachment. There is no greater riches and honor than to be godly, to be possessed by God, to be a servant of God, to have God as our heavenly father who blesses us with all things. Look at Daniel. And he was also a godly man. He experienced the miracle of regeneration. He was wealthy and powerful and enjoyed very high position in the kingdom of Babylon. Yet he was not worldly. He was a lover of God and a servant of God. And he loved God at the time of greatest apostasy of his own people. Treasures of this world had no gripping power on him. King Belshazzar was shaking in his boots as he saw his own doom written on the wall. Many, many tekelu farsin. A mysterious writer and a mysterious writing. None can interpret the writing. Finally, the aged Daniel, the godly man was brought. And turn with me to Daniel chapter 5. And let me read to you from verse 16 and following. Belshazzar speaking. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations. And to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means. You will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck. And you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But listen to the response of Daniel the godly man to this wonderful offer of worldly honor and riches and power. Then Daniel answered the king, you may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Why? Because he trusted in God. You cannot buy a man of God with money and power and position. Because God in his great mercy and by the miracle of regeneration opened his eyes to eternal verities and realities. And he understands what is the enduring and abiding treasure in all the world which is treasures in heaven. Peter was a godly man. Peter asked Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Oh, Jesus gave an answer. You read that in Matthew 19. But later Jesus told him, after his resurrection, and after the restoration of fallen Peter, Jesus told him that he would suffer martyrdom in the name of Jesus Christ. But let me read to you, what Peter said before his martyrdom. And we read this in his first epistle. Chapter 1. Beginning with verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy. He has given us new birth. Into a living hope. 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. In this you greatly rejoice. In this inheritance, never perishing inheritance, undefiled, unfading, eternal, kept by God, kept in heaven, and you are kept by him, and one day you will be brought by God to enjoy the dazzling riches of the treasures in heaven. In this you greatly rejoice. Look at Paul. He was a well-born man. He was a rich man. He was an honorable man. He was an educated man. But let's listen to what he says about treasures in heaven. In comparison to the treasures on earth, Philippians chapter 3, 7 through 9. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. You see, every unbeliever is blind and he cannot see the surpassing greatness of the treasures in heaven. He can only see the perishing, the fading riches of this world in which he as a slave hopes and trusts. But in the fullness of time, God in his rich mercy opened the eyes of this Pharisee. Now he has something else to look at. Surpassing greatness of the treasures of heaven. He's given insight into the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. And he says, I consider everything else loss, shame, rubbish, dung for the knowledge of Christ. Oh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And let me read to you from verse 9 what he says. This godly man, St. Paul known yet regarded us unknown dying and yet we live on beaten and not killed sorrowful yet always rejoicing listen poor yet making many rich having nothing yet possessing everything oh yes turn with me to first corinthians 3 and let me read again from verse 21. So then no more boasting about men. All things are yours. 
whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future all are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God hallelujah all are yours isn't it in Jesus Christ all are yours oh let me read to you what this Saint Paul well born man Highly educated man, honorable man, rich man. What is he saying at the end of his life? He is in a prison row and he writes, Timothy, my son, I want you to come. Most people are leaving me. Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world, he abandoned the gospel. He went for the treasures of this world. So, Timothy, my son, come quickly. Come before winter and bring with you my blanket which I left. And also, please bring the scrolls, especially the parchments. Here is St. Paul. Rich man, hallelujah, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus our Lord. And look at this man, content, happy. What do you have, St. Paul? Nothing! But my heart loves God as he has revealed himself in the scrolls. Timothy, please bring the scrolls, especially the parchments, the holy scriptures. Because that was his great treasure. Listen to what Jesus said. What does it profit a man? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose your soul? When he dies, he loses all. Separated from eternal life, separated from God without hope, eternally condemned. While they lived, they loved darkness rather than light. And now they are cast into the great outer darkness. What torment, what shame, what suffering, what loss, eternal loss and everlasting suffering. But Jesus came to make us rich. Rich in the knowledge of God. Rich in grace, rich in salvation, rich in spiritual blessings in heavenly places, rich in peace, rich in joy in the Holy Spirit, rich in fellowship with God and his people. Oh yes, we deserve to die because of sin. But Christ came to do away with sin. How? By his death, by the sacrifice of himself. We deserve to bear God's wrath against us, against our sins. But listen, God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice, as propitiation for our sins. He suffered God's wrath and hell in our place. And now God the Father is gracious to us and he is pleased to make us rich in Jesus Christ our Lord. We were in bondage to sin and Satan. But Christ came to give his life as a ransom for us. He redeemed us out of slavery to sin and Satan. So Paul says, sin shall have no dominion upon you. 
That's a blessing, isn't it? Hallelujah. From worldliness, he delivered us. He made us godly. So Paul says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness is piety. It is communion with God. It is spiritual riches. It is being loved by God and loving God. He has promised to give us food and clothing. He must give us because our body needs food. He must give us since of all our body needs covering. And he will give us. Hallelujah. No wonder Paul said to me to live is Christ and die is gain. Oh yes. Oh seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Brothers and sisters, if God has blessed you with the miracle of regeneration, if God has opened your eyes into the eternal realities and the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, then let me tell you, you are children of the Heavenly Father. He knows you. He is for you. And he says, be not anxious, be not anxious, be not anxious. He'll give you food and he will give you clothing because he has given you Jesus Christ, life, hope, peace for us. Yes, he said, to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. To every worldly person, death is great loss. He's afraid of it. He's terrified by it. But to a godly person, death is positively gain. Death places us in paradise, in the presence of God, in the presence of the dazzling treasures in heaven. What gain, what joy, what peace, what future, what glorious hope, what inheritance. Undefiled, unfading, imperishable, kept safe by God for us who are kept safe by him also. You want to know? How to obey this command of Jesus Christ. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We are to do that while we are here and now. We do that while we are living. We can convert the temporal to eternal. Look, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give. And it shall be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Will be poured into your lap. And let me tell you. It may happen here. But especially it will happen hereafter. In other words. Expend in God's service. Time, talent and treasure. And convert it. Into that which is abiding and eternally meaningful for you. Jesus said in Luke 16 verse 9. I tell you use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. So that when it is gone you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. Let me tell you when you die and arrive in heaven. You will have a lot of friends welcoming you. Come on. Hallelujah. You have done this and that. In the name of Jesus Christ. You spend your time and talent. Your energies. Your wealth. Hallelujah. Oh turn with me. What Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25. 
And let me read to you from verse 34. When Jesus Christ comes again, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a wonderful way of converting the temporal things to eternal treasures or I believe the, the church obeyed these teachings and turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 4 let me read to you from verse 34 there were no needy persons among them for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them you see the regeneration the new life loosed their grip upon things brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had need Joseph a Levite from Cyprus whom the apostles called Barnabas sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles feet what freedom what liberation when Christ comes in money goes out and goes out for good use hallelujah well, let's listen to what St. Paul himself said in 1st Timothy chapter 6. And we read this. Let us take a look at it again. 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God gives us richly for our enjoyment. It is all right. However, that's not the only purpose of God in entrusting us with riches. So he says, command them to do good. That is, do good with the money, with the riches. To be rich in good deeds. To be generous and willing to share now. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Yes, God entrusts us with the time and talents and treasures. It's all right to enjoy, but we must distribute it generously. We must engage in investing it so that it will be treasure in heaven. Hallelujah. And that is what it means to lay up treasure for yourselves in heaven. Or oh, listen to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3. 
Those who lead many to righteousness are wise and shine like stars in heaven. Not only that we share money, we not only that we share time, we must also share the greatest wealth that God has entrusted us. And that is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which alone is able to turn people from unrighteousness to righteousness. And what's going to happen to such a person? You will shine like stars in the heavenlies in that day. Mark chapter 14. And we read about this woman. Mary possibly. She spent all her money. And bought this expensive perfume. And there was Jesus. And she broke the bottle. And poured it upon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Jesus said she has done a beautiful thing. She has ministered to me. And he says I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world. What she has done will also be told in memory of her. There and then Jesus Christ himself immortalized. What this woman did by the sacrifice of her wealth. Yes, Judas sold Christ to enrich himself and in the process he was damned. But here is a woman who loved Jesus Christ eagerly and delightfully and generously. Spends money in the service of Christ. Brothers and sisters... Let me tell you, one day you will die. It is appointed that we all die. But let me read to you from Revelation 14 and verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor. For their deeds will follow them. Hallelujah. <laughs> not only we die. Not only we are blessed when we die in the Lord. But let me tell you. Our deeds will follow us. Hallelujah. In as much as you have done. These things to one of the least of my brothers. You have done it to me. And God help us to be rich. In good deeds. Hallelujah. Or Luke 8 and verse 3. We told you last time. Some women. Prominent women. I believe followed Jesus. And we are told. In Luke and verse 8. Chapter 8 verse 3. They served Jesus Christ. From their substance. Now. <laughs> let's turn to Matthew 16. Where. Jesus Christ himself promises treasures in heaven in terms of reward. He doesn't have to reward us at all. All his reward is in grace. But he does reward. Listen, Matthew 16, verse 26 and 27. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? 
for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Hallelujah. And St. John tells us the coming of our Lord, the second coming, Revelation 22 and verse 12. This is what St. John is saying. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Hallelujah. Finally, let me tell you, Jesus says, your heart will follow your treasure. That is a law. That's a principle. Your heart will follow your treasure. Either your heart will think about heaven or it will think about earth. Let me ask you finally, what are you loving? What are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you delighting in? What are you talking about incessantly? For what end your energies are expended? To what end your monies are spent? Are you looking upwards? Are you thinking about God, speaking about God, loving God? Are you doing his service? Are you spending for spiritual benefits? Let me ask you, does your treasure abide when God shakes all things Will it survive? Can you say with Asaph? Remember what Asaph said. If you don't know it, turn with me to 73rd Psalm, which is a psalm of Asaph. And he had to go through this problem of money and wealth and prosperity. And he finally was educated in the temple. He understood this world will perish. But something else will not perish. Listen to what he says, 73rd Psalm and verse 25 and 26. My question is, can you say with Asaph, whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hallelujah. May God help us to think about God, to talk about God, to love God, to do the interest of God and thus lay up treasure in heaven for our eternal joy. Let me tell you then we look forward to dying. Then we will say with St. Paul to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Listen to St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. But let me say, but even now we only see through a glass darkly. But then face to face. What a day that will be. What glory. What joy. What elation. What satisfaction. What fulfillment when we see him as he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father we pray that you cause people to be born again. 
born of the spirit. Loosen them from the grip of the things of this world. That they may trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation. For we pray in Jesus name. Amen.